time for a special 100th Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com and please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. He is an author, a designer, a legend, and it's a special treat to be talking to Roger Sharp. Hi, Roger. How are you doing? I am uh, fine. I don't know about uh, that uh, buildup, but uh, thank you. <laughs> I tend to think that people think of me more as being the father of Josh and Zach rather than any of the other things, and I view myself more as a historical footnote, but uh, thank you. We will get to Josh and Zach in a little bit, but right now it's time to praise you for the things you've done. You know, every time you see the words game of skill, you have to think of Roger Sharp. And definitely, for some of us, it is a game of skill. I want to know kind of what's the latest with you because didn't see it at Pinburg. I know you were at Expo. So what's up with Roger? Uh, I know the boys had uh, kind of talked me into uh, celebrating my uh, my birthday, which happens to fall on the first of August, a couple of years ago to uh, to go out to replay FX, and uh, I did so, and uh, actually performed uh, beyond my expectations. I think surprising both boys as well, and decided, okay, fine. When they asked again, you want to go back and it's like well sure it gives me a chance to spend some time with them uh which we uh invariably don't really have an opportunity to do and i figured what the heck and went back and it's just you know you get to a certain point in life or at least i have uh where uh, it, it becomes uh, a challenge i mean i don't mind the marathon aspect i mean it's something that i believed in way back when when i started coming up with ideas and concepts for tournaments and pinball leagues and so on but uh i decided this past year to kind of take a pass and i said well you know i'm not ruling it out but it's like you know it kind of wears a little bit thin i'm not as young as i used to be and it's you know it's tough to go through the grind so i tend to uh compete i guess closer to home if you will i know that tomorrow night we have level 257 which is a selfie league uh and, and that's just outside of chicago so uh pinball expo being in the Chicagoland area uh, makes it easier for me to go to. So, uh, yeah, maybe next year. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. But, yeah, you're definitely still showing up at a few shows. You're at uh, Southern Fried Gaming as well, and uh, you mentioned Expo. So yeah. are shows still something that you enjoy going to? I do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very much, you know, humbled and flattered when uh, – invitations are uh, sent my way saying, you know, come on down, we'd love to have you and love to hear you speak. And, you know, those opportunities, and yes, there have been a number over the years, both domestically here as well as overseas, that I have ventured out to. And uh, it's it's nice. I mean, uh, I, I don't get tired of it. I often wonder if people get tired of hearing stories that I can share, but uh, it's gratifying to uh, somehow uh, show an interest in... Uh, <laughs> And hearing from me, I guess. But also, too, it's different generations. I mean, you've been doing this for so long now, and, and the shot was back in 76, and, you know, that's carried so much yeah, weight. Actually, back before I was born. I can't believe that that shot was done then, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, now new generations, as we see these younger players come in and trying to learn a little bit about the history of pinball, they're seeing some of the older games in competition and, and want to find yeah. out more about those. It's just not all about the new LCDs and the, the DMDs. It's about the history, too. So it's great that we can, at shows or on podcasts like this, hear from some of the legends and how we got to where we are right now. No, and, uh, and truthfully, and, and it is, you know, Again, something that I have found to be uh, not only personally satisfying, but also to the extent that you just mentioned, uh, exposing uh, a variety of players, both young and old, who 
maybe have not encountered games from a particular era. And uh, it's great to see that. Truthfully, you know, it, it's where I tend to thrive only because of the level of familiarity that I have with games from, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I think that, uh, you know, within that context, it almost levels the playing field. But the, the style of play has changed for competitive pinball uh, as compared to, you know, where, where it used to be when some of those years were brand new right out of the box. And just the approach, the methodology, uh, the strategy of, you know, what you needed to do to accomplish particular objectives um, you know, all of that has gone through, I, I think, a metamorphosis of sorts. But uh, again, it's it's nice that all of that is emerging. I will say, as a byproduct, to to the point of you know, many young people may not know the history and potentially have some level of curiosity. Uh, and I joked before, but I will absolutely share with you something that occurred uh, a couple of pinball expos ago as I was standing watching the boys play, and this woman uh, came over to me, and she said, oh, um, you're the father of, of Josh and Zach? I said, yeah. And she said, so you must be really proud of them. And I was like, absolutely. And she said, so did you, do you do anything with pinball at all? And I said, no, nope, not at all. <laughs> I'm just here just watching my boys. So, you know, in some ways, I, I guess that notoriety only goes so far. But uh, as long as I'm still able and people are still interested, yeah, I'm around. I don't want to get to the point where it's like watching the Academy Awards show and suddenly you see some uh, actor or actress being brought out in a wheelchair to give an award. It's like, no, 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 no. And you wind up sitting back at home watching on TV saying, oh, my God, can you believe what they look like? Jeez, I remember when they were so young and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll become a point in time where that picture in the closet of Dorian Gray is going to probably take over from what reality might be uh, externally. <laughs> Just lay off the Botox and plastic surgery. You'll be fine. Yeah, right no, 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 definitely. <laughs> it's got to be great for you as a former marketing director of Williams to see your son, Zach, now doing that with Stern. It is absolutely remarkable. You know, in growing up and whatever ambitions that I had personally, truthfully, you know, pinball was not part of that, that list of goals. And, you know, the legacy that I've always thought were my sons and to see not only Zachary being named as uh, the head of marketing at Stern, but also Josh being at Raw Thrills. It, it's kind of interesting to see, in quotes, that next generation uh, I won't say going into the family business, but at least embracing uh, the world of coin-operated amusement games, and with Zachary in particular, to have the opportunity to have an impact, truthfully, uh, in the world of pinball, and not only where it is today, but where it is going in the future, uh, above and beyond his incredible skill set as a competitor, and I guess number one in the world currently in the rankings. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's deja vu all over again. For me, and looking at it, just based on when I had started at Williams as the head of marketing back in 1988. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of, of both of them. And uh, there's only, you know, wonderful things uh, ahead for them. Zach definitely is a fine player. But, you know, I do question sometimes his character. And I guess I have to talk to his parent about that. You know, there was a tournament at the Buffalo Pinball Summer Open where he felt a little stressed out. And he gave me a sucker punch. I have it on video. There's still shots of it. Legal is still pending. Um, what kind of son did you raise there to take a poor shot at a Canadian just trying to visit your fine country? God, 
God, I don't know. Uh, something must have snapped. Uh, it's so out of character for any sharp to do anything like that, short of uh, the voluminous vocabulary of my uh, which leads me bleeding from my eardrum. Uh, Zachary to be physical. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Can you ground I'll him? Have to, I'll have uh, to, not only ground him, I'll have to spank him. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, because it's, uh, it was embarrassing, you know, and uh, distraught I've had over it. Uh, I've done nothing but be nice to the entire Sharp family my whole life, my whole pinball career, and uh, to be blatantly attacked by Zach, it, uh, it hurts on a, on a deeper level. But anyway... Well, hearing, hearing that from you, I think that if there are any legal proceedings, please call me in uh, to testify against him. Oh. And just make sure that he gets the uh, absolute mandatory sentence <laughs> and penalties imposed. Uh, for being physically aggressive in this day and age especially. Hold on a second. I'm just emailing my lawyer this copy of this broadcast. Okay, perfect. Excellent. I actually do get back at Zach every now and then because whenever I have to play him or Josh, I pray, fingers crossed, it's Cyclops, and then I just point to his half-naked mother <laughs> on, the, on the back glass and uh, <laughs> it seems to throw him off a little bit. Thank God for that. You know what? Uh, and it's interesting when you mention that game. I was totally dumbfounded during some interview or whatever and again it goes back a few years ago when the boys were asked what their favorite pinball machine was and they mentioned it was cyclops and i remember going up to them after i heard it and i was like really or are you just saying that to make me feel it? no no we love it and the rule set for its time and on and on and it was like I, I mean that actually really meant a lot to me uh, i have to admit and very appreciative and the fact that it's now showing up i guess in more tournaments despite the limited number of uh, machines that were produced uh it, it's kind of cool to get other people's uh you know reaction to it and an understanding as to you know what the basic rule set was and uh i guess my approach to to game design not only geometrically but also in regard to game objectives I know geometry of games was always key for you as a designer and looking at games right now. It's funny because I play a game like Coney Island, and if you miss a certain shot, instant brick, it's going out the out lanes. That's a great shot, but you have to make the shots perfectly on a game like that. Yeah, and it was one that I actually did not want game plan to do. I just thought it was not necessary to do a flip of the play field. Uh, from sharpshooter but they went ahead with it away and i tend to agree that some of the shots just from the standpoint of the geometry were better suited from left flipper to the right area right flipper to the left area as opposed to the the reverse i didn't know that but it yep but it is some ways it has some of the same architecture if you will as andromeda I just had Barry Ausler on Pinball Profile, and I told him, and I'm telling you, I love, love, love Barracora for so many reasons. And <laughs> w one of them is that, you know, for that kind of uh, era, it's kind of deep. Yep. I always believe that uh, I, I never liked games that kind of topped out. You know, you have to appreciate I go back to a time where there was really no score today table putting in your initials. Uh, it was a question of tilting out when you got to 9998 and change before it uh, scored and uh, topped out over and you're starting again at zeros. So at least you could have the high score flashing. But, uh, you know, when, when particular targets or, or areas became dead, it wasn't anything that was appealing to me. So when I did have the chance, uh, Sharpshooter uh, as an exception only because of the limitations of the software capabilities as to what I wanted to do. 
Uh, but with Barracora, yeah, I mean, it was the ability to actually come up with, all right, a super X value, if you will, to turn the top three lanes into actually six lanes and, and to really do something where hopefully the entire play field was still alive. There was still a reason for doing whatever you were doing. Let's jump back a little bit because being in Chicago, you didn't get to play, even though the games were made there, you didn't get to play in Chicago because of the band. And yep. you went to University of Wisconsin, got to play there after college, went to New York City, and no arcades there. Although I do get a kick out of it that you just happened to go into an adult bookstore and they just happened to have behind the peep shows, they had a pinball machine. And then the next time you went there, the machines are out getting trashed. Uh, the peep show is still going on. That was fine, but the machines were gone. And that's obviously what led us to the famous shot. Right. And more importantly, uh, and I have mentioned this in the past, if I had grown up in a normal environment, in a normal environment from a pinball standpoint where pinball had been around, then we probably, number one, would not be on this call. Uh, the boys might be doing something different in their lives as I would have as well. You know, all, all of the circumstances I find incredibly fascinating as I look back on my life because of that situation in Chicago growing up without pinball, some infrequent times of being able to play it elsewhere, going to college and having pinball around and almost a major or at least a second major in, in terms of what I was matriculating with, uh, and then going to New York and not having pinball and the desire on my part to get my own pinball machine. That was purely the self-serving motivation behind everything that wound up unfolding from the feature in GQ and the New York Times, uh, working on my pinball book, being called and testified, the shot, and so on. So, you know, when you go back to the early beginnings, it was only because I grew up, and I can't call it pinball deprived, I grew up pinball ignorant. And then look what happens. You go and create Papa with Steve Epstein and... <laughs> that, that, that has grown into just this beast that is now part of the Stern Pro circuit that we're going to be seeing in 2018. Yep. And I think that uh, what's interesting, again, I, I think, I don't know, if, and maybe I've never thought of it this way before until we're uh, this call right now, but everything almost seems to have been reactive, if you will, in regard to some of the career choices and things that I've done, as I recounted before pinball just in general, but the whole purpose of Papo was uh, I had come out to uh, Chicago for the Bally Super Shooter Finals, and it kind of overseen that. This is what, 1977, I think? 1976, maybe, whatever the fall time frame was at the Playboy Towers in downtown Chicago. And uh, I won't say the wrong player won. I think the player that won, that was Ken Lunsford, out of Plains, Georgia, of all places, who walked away with a 280 Datsun Z, as well as a whole handful of other prizes. Joe Grillo, and whether or not these guys are even still alive or still remember, played better over the course of that weekend, and I really thought that he should have won. And going back to New York, I thought about it and said, you know what, there has to be a scoring system. There has to be some something. Only because on 8-ball, God, I still remember all of this, which is even more frightening, but on 8-ball, Ken Lunsford made one extra shot to get the 5X and, and one on a game for that one shot, although Joe Grillo had played better throughout and then even the head-to-head -head competition. Uh, the net result was uh, 
cornering both uh, Steve Epstein as well as a dear now departed friend Lionel Martinez to say, all right, guys, we're going to start playing all these pinball machines at the Broadway Arcade. I'm going to tabulate stuff by hand because I'm a lunatic. And over a period of about three years and literally thousands upon thousands of games, I worked out a scoring system and thought, all right, there's something here, and maybe we can do some leagues, and maybe we can do some tournaments, and obviously the Papa tournament started, and we started the leagues not only in New York, but also a couple of places in New Jersey just to kind of work it all out. And, yeah, Papa was born. I've heard Josh tell me the story of uh, when your wife used to have to handwrite all these scores from the first ever events and, and just oh, yeah. the chaos that once was. I mean, thank goodness we've got the software now and, and things can move a lot faster and we can get a lot more pinball in and a lot more players playing. I'm wondering, what are some of the criticisms you hear, whether it's the forums or just from people at the shows or in general, about games, about pinball players that, that drive you nuts? What are the, some of the criticisms that you think we can do without? God, it's interesting because I really don't follow, I hate to say this, uh, but I don't follow the forums and things. It's only when either Josh or Zach will say, what did you say? What did you do? And it's like, <laughs> huh, what? Go here, here. I'll send you the link. Take a look. And it's like, huh? I don't know where that came from. Oh, my God. So, again, I think from what I do here and what I do encounter, I guess the, the foremost one, and, and maybe it does go back a number of years when Stern Pinball was literally the only game in town, and now we have you know a number of other companies, if you will, with people always grousing and complaining about the games. And I understood whether it was quality issues or unfinished software or whatever else, but it was almost from the standpoint of, do you ever want them to succeed? I mean, give them a break. You know, let's see if, you know, things can be better. And I, and I, and I find it somewhat an oddity in, in light of the fact that, you know, pinball is such a tenuous type of product. And I think some of the, the criticisms that go on out there, and some of them being incredibly more ruthless than they need to be, whether it's pointed at particular designers or programmers or artists or anything else, I just wish that people would be more supportive of, I'll call it the industry rather than the hobby, to understand that, you know, by being negative, you don't accomplish anything. By being negative in a constructive way, that maybe that is better rather than just, you know, blasting on somebody just to have your, you know, your voice heard as a, a way to, I don't know, bring attention to yourself as opposed to bringing attention to maybe what the issues might be. So that is something that I find, and it's not just annoying, uh, I find it really it disappointing. Hurts. Yeah, it hurts the industry. Yeah, I think so. So that's one of them. I think the other part to answer your question, when it comes to competitions and such, there always seems to be any number of people or specific individuals who are always complaining and bitching and moaning about how the tournament has been structured, how the games are set up, what the games are. Oh, my God. And it's like, just take it on face value for what it is. And, and there's no, and again, this is my opinion, there's no right or wrong way to do a tournament. There really isn't. I mean, whatever that rule set is and whether it conforms to IFPA guidelines or PAPA or, or whatever, you should be able to do anything the way that you want to do it and not have, you know, people blast you for the fact that oh, the tournament was terrible, they only allowed us to play five times or four times or once, or 
the three games there, they had lights out, and they had this, and they had that. You know, all the conditions tend to be the same for everyone. When you walk in, no one is holding you captive where you have to play. You know, if anybody follows professional sports of, of any type, guess what? Sometimes the conditions aren't great. Sometimes you find yourself playing, you know, baseball in the rain. Oh, my God. Or tennis in less than, you know, wonderful conditions. And we don't necessarily find those athletes, at least beforehand, commenting on it, other than years ago in Soldier Field in Chicago where the turf was terrible and everybody was just uh, screwing up their legs. And, yeah, there was major issues within the football community. But uh, I guess what I'm suggesting to you is that uh, those are the things that uh, I have found get a bit more airtime, if you will, than is probably warranted. I don't know if you agree or I disagree do. or if you've heard other things uh, that maybe I've forgotten or didn't know about. Roger, I totally agree. I always go out of my way to thank the volunteers who make the tournament possible, definitely the TDs. If I don't play well, it's on me, not the games, because it's the same game for everyone else. And and yes, things happen. It's just, quote-unquote, pinball. You know, something might have happened, but there are rules that are the same for everyone else. So thank you to the TDs for putting on these tournaments, for getting the games there, for making pinball and everyone come to this event. So I would rather hear that than, you know, some of the players like, oh, I'll never win a major, or oh, my brother's better, or oh, how did Colin beat me at Pinburg? You know, those kind of complaints I think we can do without. I agree. I'm kidding. Josh is a wonderful guy. Although, Roger, I will say this in all sincerity, in a different parallel universe, I'm glad you were the sharp that had to make the shot as opposed to one <laughs> Joshua. But uh, that, that's just a sidebar. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And whether or not they could have done it back then, I don't know. I mean, back then, I would have matched them head for head and I would have uh, just destroyed them. Can I just say that on air? Yeah, yeah, take that, boys. I'm on your side, Roger. All on your side. I did hear you say one of the biggest problems for operators and games that just makes logical sense, really the technicians and, and how the games are made. Because whether it's new games, whether it's old games, no one wants to go up to a game that maybe a flipper's not working or the plunger's not working or whatever the case may be. It's down. It doesn't help operators because they don't want to be technicians. They just want the games to be running, making money. And collectors, you know, don't want to spend a lot of time. So hopefully that's something we can work on. But I did hear you say that that was one of the biggest concerns. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, we unfortunately are in uh, an era where commercial operation or commercial sales, I don't believe, and again, this is my feeling, and hopefully and maybe it's going to be changing now with uh, an offspring of mine uh, more directly involved in the uh, ongoing business activities of a particular company. I have felt for a long period of time that commercial sales has not been uh, necessarily the target uh, for the majority of uh, activities that are going on. It's really still the collector and the enthusiast and so on. And I think that the biggest barrier, truthfully, uh, for bringing back pinball uh, isn't waiting for all the barcades to continue to open and expand. It's to create markets. It's to support those markets. But having said that, what doesn't exist today, and it did exist years ago, uh, were technicians on site, people who could maintain equipment clean equipment uh, and, and have an understanding basically of you know how a game is functioning so that it can be repaired and I think that uh, that is the, the greatest hurdle and stumbling block for we'll call it coin operated amusement games in general to thrive and more specifically pinball machines 
there's a number of locations that I'm familiar with where you walk in and they don't operate pinball. And it's like, seriously? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll call one out right now, Dave & Buster's. Uh, the Dave & Buster's uh, outside of Chicago and uh, the northwest suburbs used to be one of the primary test locations, not only for Williams Valley back in the day, but also Data East and Gottlieb. Uh, that was our spot. And they do not run pinball machines. And that's a shame because of the audience being the primary and perfect target for, you know, what pinball is all about. You know, I can understand square footage and generating revenue to validate that square footage on, you know, each and every machine. But I also feel that uh, if you're not providing the broadest array of entertainment options, then you're missing something. I think of another location that's out in Fort Lauderdale that has gotten a great deal of publicity, not only in Florida specifically, but also in some of the coin-operated trade publications. They don't have pinball machines. It's like, really? Here it is, a state-of-the-art place. They have indoor go-karts and all sorts of other wonderful attractions, but not any pinball machines. I find that, again, just kind of staggering and wish that uh, that wasn't the case and that coin-operated amusement game distributors would be more proactive, that the manufacturers themselves, whatever limitation in actual numbers there are, would try to do something with service schools, technical support, and such, uh, the way that things used to be done. So that's, that's a challenge, and it's not an easy solution to be had to make all of that happen, short of trying to enlist various local collectors, enthusiasts, restorers, refurbishers, to say, hi, sign a contract with that bar, that bowling alley, that you will come in and fix, maintain the equipment for whatever amount of money, and or that you're willing to take some of your own machines, place them there, and work on a split with that location owner or even the operator. So that's something that I feel very passionately about. Roger, one thing we have seen is a growing number of players, certainly in IFPA, but men, women, children, and that's great, too, to be discovering pinball machines. I heard you say everyone's playing the games and they're going into tournaments, and I once heard you say to your sons you didn't want them in tournaments at a young age because you didn't want them to be disappointed. And that's probably right. that probably was a very good idea to do that because look at how, and I hate saying this, but look at how great those two players are. They're fantastic players, and maybe there was something in that. It was more important for them to have fun than to compete and perhaps lose and be disappointed. I always felt that, uh, at least with pinball specifically, and let's face it, they also competed in sports and, and other activities, I always wanted there to be a purity to their view and appreciation of pinball that went above and beyond, can I beat this person or, or whatever else. And it, it's why, truthfully, with some of the limited tournaments that were available when I was in my prime, if you will, uh, that I didn't compete in them. I, I didn't want it to be something where somehow I was not viewing pinball for the sake of just the pleasure of playing. You know, Josh and Zach joked in the past, oh, yeah, Watch my dad play. He'll make a ramp over and over again just because he likes making it, even though it's not worth anything. And it's like... What a big mouth. <laughs> true. But it is. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting when you, at least for me, when, I, when I'm able to, to go to uh, different events, whether it's a trade show or expo or whatever else, 
and I play games for the first time, I really play them more for the geometry, the layout. So when people ask, so what did you think of that? Did you play it before? No, I just played it a couple of times. Don't know the rules. I, I don't care at this point. I'm playing it as if it is a colored, finished white wood. And, you know, over a period of time, then I will get into it and delve a little bit more. But that was always my approach. And I think that if there's any analogy to that in regard to stressing to the boys that I did not want them to compete, uh, I, I guess that is probably it. I wanted them just to enjoy pinball. And nowadays, and maybe, Jeff, you fall into the same uh, strategy, if you will. It's to dissect the game, to try to figure out where's the weak point. You know, what do I do to, you know, minimize my risk and maximize my return on points, getting to an extra ball, whatever the, the features might be, so that your scoring is going to be to its greatest extent. In some ways, it's evolved into tearing games into pieces and parts rather than looking at the totality of what the game is. And I, and I understand it. I really, really do. But in some ways, you wind up missing the inherent beauty of any given game because you're really only looking at various parts of it. I'm only going to go for the spinner because the spinner's where all the points are. Okay, well, what about the rest? Yeah, I could care less about the targets over there, you know, that area over there wherever the jets are, no, nah, it's all meaningless. I just want to go over here. So I'm going to do a drop catch and just move it over to that flipper and just bang on that repeatedly because that's the game. And uh, I find it a little bit disheartening. You got me thinking about it, and I don't know if I can turn back the clock, but I'm a father who has taken my two youngest to pinball tournaments and yeah you know i never really thought about that disappointment but it really is a factor because you know when carson who's 15 when he beats me it's disappointing that he has to find a ride home so i i (laughs) I, (laughs) anyway uh (laughs) i wish i was joking um anyway roger (laughs) (laughs) it's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh and i will say i really Get a kick out of your boys too. They're 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 wonderful guys and great ambassadors to pinball. And look where they got it from. So uh, thank you very much, Roger, for being on today. No, it's my pleasure. And, and trust me, I'm I'm proud of what my sons have been able to accomplish as well. And uh, we'll see again what the future holds. And hopefully, one of these days, I will uh, be able to cross paths with you at a tournament or a convention or an expo or whatever else. And uh, maybe we can just play some pinball just for laughs. I think we would all like to see you there. Yeah, absolutely, Roger. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you. This has been your 100th Pinball Profile. You can find a group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Jeff Teolis. Teolis.